This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live, episode number 228. New radio on the space station, recorded live on Thursday, September 17th, 2020. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, Lou McFadden, W5DID, and Carrie Banky in 6 IZW and we'll take your calls live in a few minutes. Last week Andy and Tony Maluzzi were here to talk about the collegiate QSO party that's taking place this weekend. So if you missed that show, you can listen anytime over hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube or you can catch the rebroadcast over on WTWW, that's 5085 AM, and that's Saturday afternoons, about 3.30 PM Eastern time is when the rebroadcast runs over there. A um, couple of things here before we get started. Uh, there's a new QSO party coming out of the Nashua Area Radio Society um, on September 26th and 27th, and uh, actually I'll have a story about that on the next edition of Newsline, which uh, comes out um, actually late tonight or, uh, early in the morning. Um, so you can hear more about it there. Uh, check out n1fd.org for all the information. It's a new event that, uh, NARS is putting on to get people on the air, especially beginning contesters. And it's, uh, September 26th at 0 Zulu and runs through September 27th at 2359 Zulu. Also, uh, just in, uh, Lloyd Colston, KC5FM, wrote in that after many hours of monitoring, the voice over IP WeatherNet has secured, along with WX4NHC at the National Hurricane Center, uh, they had scores of reports uh, submitted for Sally, uh, impacting the Gulf Coast, and Paulette, impacting Bermuda. Uh, they report VP9NI in Bermuda, um said that the 146.82 repeater was back in service with a broken antenna. So um, Bermuda got uh, got hit, but they're, they're on the air at least. And um, if you're interested in helping out the net, visit voipwx.net or reach out to uh, KD1CY. And uh, he's at KD1CY at ARRL.net. Here's a little... Uh, Here's a short little clip from the end of the the net here uh, a couple of days ago. You're very welcome, Julio. We'll get it till she weakens to a tropical storm, which 
looks like sometime late tomorrow afternoon. And uh, appreciate all the stations on here. This is exactly what we need to do for the Hurricane Center. And uh, who knows, maybe some of the reports will eventually be used in the advisories, depending on what we get. So appreciate everybody's support. KD1CY. Roger, that's the uh, same thing we're doing, doing probably uh, sometime early tomorrow afternoon. All righty, thank you, Rob. We'll be uh, standing by. I may not be on this one. I've got a couple radios going, a couple computers going. You know what I mean. We'll talk to you later. WX4NHC. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, the next day they did uh, end up uh, shutting down. So things are, are, are calm for a little bit. But, again, uh, VOIPWX.net or KD1CY at net by email if you want to help out with that. So um, now we're switching back to Eris. So we're going to talk about uh this new radio up on the International Space Station. So get your questions ready to go. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can give us a call after the interview by calling us. And then let me give you the telephone number so you have it ready to go. It's not time to call just yet, but uh, let me give you the number so you have it ready. It's 859 982 7373 again 859-982-7373 you can also tweet us we'll be watching twitter tonight as always it's at ham talk live on twitter if you're on spreaker uh you can type into the comments there and i'll be back with uh frank lou and carrie right after this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live jerry what's up man I haven't seen you at Sunbucks in a while. I used to see you every morning getting coffee. What's up? Well, I can't afford Sunbucks five days a week anymore. I had to spend my money on PL259s. You know, those antenna projects I've been meaning to do. I had to do them before my HOA finds out I have antennas. That's too bad, Jerry. I miss seeing you and catching up over coffee. You should get your PL259s from Tower Electronics. They have great stuff. Jerry, you're back. Oh, QRM Heterodyne Frappuccino. That's a good choice. How's it going? Did you get all those antennas up before the HOA police showed up? Yeah, I got them all done. Thanks for telling me about Tower Electronics. Now I can have my coffee. I just saved a bunch of money on my PL259s by switching to Tower Electronics. Don't get caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com or at a ham fest near you. Or give them a call at 920-435-2973. And be sure to pick up some power poles, adapters, and cables, too. Sorry for the delay. Your host, Neil Rapp, is reading a book on anti-gravity, and he just can't put it down. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. And you can visit them anytime at pl-259.com. 
Our guest tonight uh, returning is Frank Bauer, KA3HDO. He's been licensed since 1974 in 1983 in preparation for the first ever ham radio operation from space. He was responsible for setting up and operating the worldwide retransmission of Space Shuttle Air-to-Ground Communications from the Goddard Amateur Radio Club Station, WA3NAN. This initiative uh, provided a critical conduit of information to hams attempting to contact astronaut hams in the pre-internet era. Frank now serves as the amateur radio on the International Space Station International Chairman. He holds bachelor's and master's degrees in aeronautics and astronautics from Purdue University up the road here. And uh, his career in aerospace spans four decades within NASA and private industry. And he is the 2017 Dayton Hamvention Amateur of the Year. Also joining us tonight for the first time, Lou McFadden, W5DID. He is the 1991 Hamvention Technical Achievement Award winner and has been involved in all of the human spaceflight hardware developments going all the way back to Owen Garriott's flight. He was the lead on AO40 and the Aris Next Generation Interoperable Radio Station that we'll be talking about. And Kerry Banky N6IZW was the lead engineer or lead designer rather and manufacturer of the multi-voltage power supply. He has built five of those so far. And he is a microwave engineering expert retired from Qualcomm. He has supported Aris and Sarex back in the day starting as one of the Sarex ground stations in the early 1990s. So we've got uh, quite the space experts on here tonight. So, uh, Frank, Lou, Kerry, uh, welcome to Ham Talk Live tonight. Thank you, Neil. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. It's Lou. We're ready to answer any tough questions. (laughs) oh <laughs> uh, well the first the first ones are are, are the easy ones because you get them ahead of time so softballs, uh, <laughs> we'll throw you a few softballs first so we've talked about this new radio system on this show for quite a while and and tried to drum up some financial support and it finally uh, was launched a few months ago, and now it's it's finally up and operational. So, uh, Frank, tell us a little bit about the current status of the radio and, and how people can use it down here on Earth. Sure. Um, first off, Neil, I want to thank you for the opportunities to, uh, to bring the AERIS program, and in particular this next generation radio, to, uh, to your audiences over the uh, several opportunities and also to uh, uh, drum up some financial support, which we always are in need of in Eris. But let me just say that uh, we are so excited um, because um, on September 2nd, uh, we finally got the radio system turned on. Uh, People are using it right now in voice repeater mode. And um, we actually did a, um, our first school contact with it in France uh, last week, and we've got another one coming up in Spain uh, tomorrow. So um, uh, it's working out uh, exactly the way we would have expected, and uh, we're so excited to have it uh, operational now. Yeah, now, you know, it, it's it's taken a while to get this fundraised and built and designed and, and everything, but 
it, it took a while. You know, it's been sitting up there for a while. So I don't know if everybody realizes the, the whole process of not only getting this radio up there and, and calibrated and, and programmed and, and ready to go, but also just getting it once it's up there into being operational. And that's kind of what you've, I know you've been waiting on. You're just like any day now, any day now, any day now. And, and it finally happened. So tell everybody a little bit about the, the whole, the whole drama of, of <laughs> trying to get this thing turned on. Yeah. I think what I'd like to do is uh, I'll, I'll say a couple of words and then I'd like uh, um, Lou and Carrie to give their impressions of uh, hearing it on the air the first times. Um, I will say it took a while, prim- primarily for two reasons. One is that we still had some paperwork that needed to be uh, worked through. We thought we had everything done, and then there were some little items that uh, uh, got brought up um, from an operations perspective, some procedures that needed to be tweaked a little bit. And then uh, and then the other part is um, the, the crew availability. You know, Chris Cassidy is doing a great job with Eris uh, in his expedition, uh, you know, there, he was the only one up there for a while. And, and actually the, uh, the, the two uh, folks um, that came up um, on uh, the, the, the uh, SpaceX flight, uh, um, uh, Doug Hurley and uh, Bob Bankin, uh, they were up there and they were focused on a whole bunch of AVAs they did. So, um, and, and during those EVAs, um, uh, Chris was engaged in that too. Chris Cassidy was engaged in that. So and you think about if you have a house and you got 300 experiments, you're trying to do all at the same time, plus the ham radio, um, you know, there's, there's priorities and there's, you know, times when uh, we have the opportunity. It just took a little while for getting some of the paperwork done and getting, uh, getting the equipment set up. And so let me let me turn it over to yeah. Lou and give his first impressions of the radio system, and then Carrie because Carrie got to operate it early too. Well, we're we're very happy to have this thing up there and operating, and uh, we're I'm not feeling it. This is a culmination of, of many years of thinking about it and wishing we could have it done, and many people saying. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And we've been doing the why nots and they're working on these things. It just takes a really long time. And there's safety aspect is such a big part of it and making sure that it's going to work for a long time. Uh, I mean, think of a power, like a little power supply that you buy from, um, one of these companies that sell them for around a hundred bucks and you put that on orbit and, um, at $10,000 a pound to go up there, you're not going to use the cheap components. You're not going to take any shortcuts because you're not going to have a second chance. You better make sure it's right. And that's, that's what all the paperwork was really about. I think just making sure it's right. It's safe. Terry? Yeah, well, you know, we've been working on this thing since uh, I think it started back in about 2015. And for me, as yeah. the uh, 
as the uh, lead uh, de- designer, um, I think the biggest challenge uh, was being able to fully understand all of the NASA requirements. There are so many. I mean, there are basically thousands of pages <laughs> of documents. I mean, you'll have a 700-page document that refers to uh, other 100 page documents that have to be understood so that you know that you're going to meet their requirements uh, and go through their rigorous testing and, and uh, meet their protocol. Yeah, yeah the, the red tape is always a challenge. Yeah, but it's necessary for this. I mean, realistically, we you know, <laughs> we can get frustrated, and, and, and the three of us have at times, <laughs> but... Um, we know that it's for the good of, you know, our program, and it's for the good of the astronauts on board. Uh, they're valued resources. Space Station is a very valued resource. We want to make sure it's safe, and as Lou said. You know, I've never heard any of our team say, this is too much trouble, let's quit. Not one. And, and that's, yeah, our, our team. that's something that's n- desperately needed for a project like this. It, it takes uh, tremendous dedication. I mean, we had an amazing team from that perspective being dedicated. Carrie, we've talked about this this power supply a little bit before, but, but uh, since you're here with us live here tonight, talk a little bit about why why this power supply took such a long time to figure out and, and put together and and why you can't just you know like you said run down to the store and, and grab a power supply and throw it up there well again it, as Lou and others said there it's it's all about safety um, uh, NASA has you know very uh, defined requirements uh, for safety for the space station itself as well as the crew and um, so, as I say, you have to, you know, be able to fully understand these requirements and, uh, you know, figure out how to meet them. Uh, this power supply, you know, it's not just plugging into 120-volt AC as you might have on Earth here with ham stations or 12 volts DC for that matter, but it's it's 120-volt DC or 28-volt DC. Uh, and then uh, uh, and the power on the space station is uh, can have some interesting fluctuations because of those 300 experiments going on that Frank mentioned. Uh, if something happens in one of those other experiments, uh, uh, you may have uh, a real terrific uh, transient or perturbation on that uh, power system that you have to be able to uh, accommodate and, and uh, recover from. So um, that's that's really what that takes such a long time is, again, uh, making sure that uh, all the the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. That uh, uh, that the safety is, that's required by NASA is is built in, and and making sure that all the connectors are compatible and, and and you've got different voltage supplies depending on where you're at on the station and and that's what I saw is the beauty of this is that uh, it'll work under any of those different conditions. Yeah. And the thing is that – go ahead, Lou. I was going to ask Terry to tell him what kind of voltages, pulses, the the 120-volt input had to withstand. 
Well, that, that's right. I mean, it, <laughs> that 120 volt input, uh, it has to withstand a, a positive, uh, what, 370 volts and a negative uh, 270, something like that. And the tw and running on 28, it's uh, a similar, uh, you know, similar uh, voltage proportionally on 28. So it's not, you know, not just a, a nice clean supply like your uh, <laughs> like you might have on your workbench. <clears throat> and you uh, had to work in the Russian segment. Right, and do do the other voltage there. Lou, talk a little bit about the, the radio, too. Uh, you know, it is a, a radio off the shelf, but there's been an awful lot of stuff done to it to uh, modify it to, to serve on the space station. Well, it's mostly most of the modifications uh, are to make it so that it's more user friendly for the crew, and so that, um, for example, uh, on your car radio, if you have it in your car, you're talking to you and your buddies. You flip, turn it around to serve the repeater, and you're just having a grand old time. And then you get home, you turn off your car, and you get out and leave it, and then it's when you get back in your car and turn it on, it's still on that station. That's uh, one of the things we didn't want to happen. We wanted to come back to um, a standard position, a standard configuration when we reset it. So that if the crew uh, is using it and they forget what they've done, and you have another crewman come to use it, you want to be able to tell them to do this reset and then you know exactly what steps they need to take to do whatever you ask them to do. Uh, it, it's it's uh, like looking at the uh, uh, world in a different way because it's yeah, on the, the station. Go ahead. No, I was just, yeah. Uh, I, I think the other things um, are some of the uh, aspects of, like for voice repeater, uh, having a, um, a high-powered fan, we want to have as high a power fan on there, if you will, to get the airflow through. But then we also have to not be too noisy on space station. So, you know, there's these engineering trades that you have to do um, as part of the design process that, uh, into, you know, several individuals like Ed Chrome and, and Carrie and Lou uh, were engaged in to try to make sure that uh, – um, we met, you know, we were able to have something that would uh, be quiet and also uh, support uh, continuous operations, if you will. Yeah, and continuous operations is, is always the challenge, too. And and from the sounds of things, it's getting used pretty well right now. That's very true. Go ahead, Lou. I'm just saying we're very happy to see him using it, or it wasn't used much. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, um, basically, uh, Neil, you were talking about, um, you know, how we're planning on using it or how we're using it. You know, right now it's in uh, repeater mode, voice repeater mode. Um, one of the challenges that goes along with that is it's FM. And, um, um Anybody that has heard any contact or any uh, uh, communication up to space station 
when a whole bunch of people are trying to use it in the capture effect, um, you'll get bits and pieces of people's signals. So, you know, we're actually hoping people don't use real high power uh, operations, but we know that um, you can use this equipment with just, you know, five watts and an aero antenna, um, you know, especially at three o'clock in the morning when there aren't as many people there. <laughs> That's the key, I think. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're experiencing oh, yeah. some of that, but I don't see how to, any way to avoid that. Yeah, uh, that's a challenge on on any kind of satellite up there. It's uh, just a lot of, of people trying, and and it's it is a whole lot of fun to to hear all the the people there. Well, before we go to break, um, Frank, talk a little bit about what we can expect from this system over the next decade. Oh, that's a long haul. Um, well, let me start with the fact that uh, where we're at now, which is, um, you know, we're going to operate this on voice repeater for a few weeks and then probably APRS. But um, Carrie and, 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 and JVC Kenwood, who built the radio systems, we're, we've got now um, uh, the flight unit, a second flight unit that is going to go on space station and we will be launching that whenever it's delayed because of covid but uh, we're hoping to launch that and get it into the russian service module once we get that then we can operate um two capabilities at the same time in other words we could have we could have aprs running all the time and then voice repeater or slow scan television or something else so the idea is you know, we want to have multiple capabilities for the hams. Um, let me also say that, you know, if a crew member uh, decides to talk, doesn't happen that often. We all know that. But if they do, um, they can pick up the microphone through the voice repeater and talk through that, too. So uh, um, so we, we're going to have those capabilities. Um, we are this multi-voltage power supply is going to provide a lot of different capabilities for us for the future. So one of the things we're looking at, um, one of the things Lou's working on right now is an L-band um, uh, repeater capability, L, you know, L-band uplink capability, since we have L and S-band antennas. Uh, we're going to get our um, connected into the, to the, uh, this next generation radio system, our ham TV uh, back up again, hopefully soon. Uh, that's being delayed because of COVID, um, unfortunately. We also are building other systems are, or designing other systems, I should say. Uh, we're talking about flying a, uh, a Raspberry Pi. We call it an Aris Pi, which will provide us an opportunity to, to, uh, to do some uh, mode switching from the ground and then also some operations using it and some software-defined radio systems. So, uh and then, and then, you know, we are talking about, um, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this lunar gateway activity, um, but before we fly that, we want to test that out and we want to do that on, on space station. So um, might be different frequencies than we use for, for lunar, but uh, we want to try the software-defined radio systems that we're uh, discussing that will be multi-mode capability uh for telemetry for 
um, television, slow skin television, and other things like that. That answer the mail. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we'll take your phone calls and your questions at 859-982-7373, and we'll do that uh, with Frank, Lou, and Carrie right after this word from ICOM America right here on Ham Talk Live. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multi-function backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilogram or just over two pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz and a large 4.3 inch color touch screen with live band scope and waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a BP-272 battery, 10 watts with 13.8 volts DC. You have sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions. The touchscreen, micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, the micro SD card slot, speaker mic comes standard and supports QRP operations. And the perfect accessory for your IC705 is the optional battery. Backpack LC192 with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. The IC705 has now received FCC certification and we expect product to be shipping to dealers by the end of September. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or, if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at HamTalkLive. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Oh, yeah. You're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to ICOM America for sponsoring the show. Check them out at icomamerica.com. Slash Amateur. Check out Ham Talk Live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, it's time for your phone calls right now. So if you have a question for Frank, Lou, and Carrie, give us a call. Again, that number is 859 982 7373 or you can tweet us it's at ham talk live over on twitter and if you're on spreaker you can type a comment and if you're listening to us on wtww or the podcast edition we're not here we're, we're doing this on thursday night so uh sorry you won't be able to uh to ask your questions but um if you are listening to us live on Thursday night, give us a call at 
7373. Okay, well, we'll uh, check the, the tweets here and, and wait for some phone calls, but... Um, Frank, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, funding and, and support on this. Where where are things on um, having all this stuff paid for and and, and going and, and keep it going? Yeah, I think uh, first off, again, I want to thank uh, uh, everyone out there that have uh, generous generously donated to. Uh, the ARIS program, and uh, in particular, the Next Generation Radio Systems. Um, we are, you know, while we're talking about the flight units, we have we are not done building these systems. I mean, Lou, in in his garage, and 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 Carrie in his uh, uh, laboratory there, um, they've got uh, a bunch of other radios. I mean, other systems. Uh, Lou's got a bunch of cables. We still need to uh, fabricate. Uh, procure and um carrie's gotten uh, five of the units done we still have uh uh six more to go actually um we need uh, additional units uh, for training for um uh simulations as well as for you know testing um and you know these units have to go in different parts of the world too so that's why uh, there's so many of them that we need and this is normal uh, when we build something. So uh, so we are not done yet. It might look like because we've got a radio on board that we're done. Uh, we've got uh, two we want to have on orbit, and we need the other ones to support the, the infrastructure for the next few years. So any help we can get there, we are always looking for it. You can go to the ARIS website, of course, and there's a donate button there. All right, very good. 859-982-7373 is the phone number if you'd like to call in and ask a question or leave a comment here for our guests tonight, uh, Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, and Lou McFadden, W5DID, and Carrie Banky, N6IZW, the, some of the folks responsible for the uh, new radio system on the International Space Station. Um Guys, what what have you heard so far uh, as far as comments from people, you know, in the last uh, couple of weeks here that have been able to to use this thing? What are, what have you been hearing? Well, Louis, you want to take it, Louis? I'll just say what I know. Uh, um, most people are saying that it's working great. Uh, some people are because they've experienced this um, phenomenon called FM capture, but that's not something we can fix. But people will have to learn to be a little more polite and considerate when they're um, talking, wait till somebody drops out before they start talking again, like we do on the ground with, with repeaters. We try to be very careful, but other than that, it's working great. Uh, one of our prime objectives was to be able to run it continuously and do this cross-band repeat, which we could not do earlier. And this one works perfect doing that. So I, I, I think it's working great. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, what, I, what I would say uh, to Neil is that this is a cap off of, uh, you know, um, this November – 
and Lou Lou remembers this very well because we were together when this happened. Uh, this November uh, November thirteenth represents the twentieth anniversary of operations on the International Space Station um, with ARIS uh, or ISS HAM, as it's sometimes called. Um, and uh, so we've been operating. You know, as of November, we're going to be celebrating our twentieth anniversary of continuous operations. So having this on board for that is uh, is, is, is wonderful. Yeah, very well done, and uh, it, it's just uh, amazing uh, how well <laughs> you can hear from up there. It, it's just incredible, and um, I, I can't wait to to try out the packet. Uh, I'm, I've got my new my new handheld that does all that packet stuff, and I, I'm I'm chomping at the bit to to try it out. So um, I, I'm ready for that APRS mode here. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you talked a little bit about, um, oh, I'm sorry, Carrie, Carrie, did you have any, any comments, you know, anything from, uh, from people that, uh, have been using this? Oh, you know, it's, it's primarily when I've just been listening in, uh, myself here, uh, being on the West coast and right near the ocean, uh, uh, I'm kind of fortunate that I can either be the first or, or the last sometimes in some of these passes. But uh, boy, it's it's busy. It's it's clear, and uh, uh, a lot of what I hear are uh, people will uh, announce their uh, call sign with their grid square, and then uh, let it go and let somebody else do it. So that's kind of what I'm hearing a lot from a rep- sort of a reporting standpoint. But it, uh, it seems to be working nicely. Now, Frank, I know you've talked about this lunar gateway a little bit and, and so you know the next question is what's next and, and you've answered a lot of that but uh you know one once you get all these built all these power supplies built for the training and and some backups and a second station up there what what's on the radar next well we're kind of working this i'll say this simultaneously um we're we're looking at you know this Raspberry Pi capability because um, we can use that to actually do commanding, and then we um, then we're in a situation where we're almost like a satellite. Um, I mean, space station is a satellite, but we've been relying on the crew to operate us all the time and change modes and things like that. Well, you know, I mentioned there's like 300 different experiments on board, so us. Uh, right now, um, and you talked about APRS, um, right now, I think our way we're going to do this is um, on a periodic basis after the school contact is over, we're going to do the mode switch because the crew will be there. It'll be a, a, a quick changeover. So um, those are the times, I'd say, for those that are interested in looking at different things, um, you know, at the end of a school contact might be the opportunity where you might see a mode change happen. So um, you can kind of track that as to when you want to listen to maybe repeater or APRS or whatever. Um, and then, and then I mentioned, you know, we're, we're moving into the microwave world. I mean, we've, we've, uh, uh, we're, we've, we're operating, we've operated ham TV on, on S band and we will do that again. Um, and then with, We've got on board a software-defined radio, uh, 
Alime SDR, uh, but that's more for reception, not transmission. But we, we want to get in, into, you know, having a digital system on board that uh, will be simple for people to use on the ground. The MTV system is using a, you know, the equivalent of a set-top box, you know, like a television type of box um, that uh, that does the conversion. And we have uh, pretty uh, astounding uh, software designers that build the interface um, uh, to allow us to do ham TV. We want to do the same thing, um, you know, and th- this kind of capability will also allow us to do Lunar Gateway so we can do things with, uh, uh, with the right uh, coding sequences to get as much signal out since it's such a long distance. So we're going to try that on space station. Another thing to think about is that um, the commercial crew program is going to be bringing more people on board space station. And there's going to be commercial capabilities there too. And we're starting dialogues with some of these companies called Axiom and others that are going to be flying these systems and, you know, these, these uh, modules and, seeing if a ham radio there would be good. So if a crew member goes up, I mean, those of you that remember Richard Garriott, uh, he was on the air a lot. And uh, we're hoping that some of these um, these private astronauts, as they're called, will want to use ham radio and, and, and talk to people. So that's another thing that's on the horizon we're, we're looking at. Very good. Well, Trip K5TRP says he's uh, a little bit late here tonight, but we thank you for listening, Trip, and um, glad that you you commented that you're here. And uh, we'll give one last call here for phone calls at eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three or on Twitter. It's at Ham Talk Live, and uh, just checking here to see if we've missed anything. So um, those are some some uh, exciting things coming up um, for amateur radio in space, and uh, I, I'm so grateful for um, the leadership that that Frank you have, have given, and Rosalie, and, and the whole crew, and and for um, Lou and Carrie working on on designing all this stuff and getting it all ready to go uh, you've done a, a fantastic job and um, you're, you're to be uh, commended for for all the hard work and and expertise you've put into this well let, let's go around here uh, uh, frankly I guess let's start with you too for some final comments here because I know um, you know um, you, you wanted to bring Lou and Carrie on here you know because they they have a, a perspective from you know, designing these things. So if there's anything we've missed, feel free, uh, go ahead and, and, and ask those, uh, questions and any final thoughts here before we go tonight. Yeah. I, the one thing I would say, Neil, is that first off, I want to thank, uh, uh, Lou, you know, Lou's our chief engineer and he has for, for decades now done so much for amateur radio and, and particular amateur radio on, on, uh, the shuttle, Mir, and and the International Space Station. I want to really thank him for everything he's done and and Carrie's expertise and and um, and, and strong you know act, uh, support and activities um, would not have we would not have gotten these systems ready if it wasn't for them. And then of course the support of JVC Kenwood 
um, because basically they re-engineered um, the radio systems. Um, and, you know, Phil Parton and uh, Shin Iota are the two that uh, were the ones we interfaced with. They, like I said, they re-engineered that Kenwood to make it uh, uh, space-worthy for us. And so we thank them for that um, and Kenwood, JVC Kenwood, for that too. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think um, we're very excited where we're at and we're on the precipice of, of uh, or I should say the threshold of a, of a bright future. So, um, so I, I think um, I'll turn it over to Lou and get his thoughts and then over to Kerry. Well, I keep saying that uh, we're on a, um, a we're opening up a new world for ham radio for for us. Anyhow, uh, intended radio in space is is a new thing, and we hope that uh, along with our partners, we're going to be doing ham radio on the space station a long time. I think, and uh, we're trying to make sure that we're opening up a, a new era for them. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah. Um, well, I'd just like to uh, thank everyone involved. I mean, from all the support that we've gotten on this project from years and years back, uh, all the way through uh, in getting it up there. I mean, it's uh, a lot of people involved uh, in the amateur community, uh, NASA, um, JVC Kenwood, uh, uh all the way through ESA and, and uh, just, you know, an awful lot of people have, have touched uh, this project uh, as we've as we've worked on it and, and uh, put it together and uh, gotten it up there. So I really appreciate it. Without all this uh, input and help, we, it never would have happened. Now, Kerry, you brought uh, up something I'll important, say. and uh, I, I do want to say this, uh, Neil, is that, uh, you know, we are doing this uh, internationally, and every Every one of our partners have been critical in making this happen, too. Uh, Kerry mentioned ESA. Uh, you know, it's uh, Sergei Sombrov in Russia. been absolutely critical in us getting ham radio up there early and, uh, and, and continuing to make sure we have redundant systems on Space Station, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, can you, you imagine? Know, just, it is a, a, the International you- Space Station. Exactly. Uh, Lou, I think you were st- trying to say something there. Go ahead. I was going to say that uh, you, you look at it from the European viewpoint. Uh, here we come along, a bunch of hams, and we say, hey, we want to build a power supply and put it in your module to be used. And they're saying, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, what, what are you guys doing here <laughs> bringing this power supply? They've been so helpful. Everybody involved. It's been helpful. Uh, NASA, uh, ESA, and the Russians, and, and all the uh, many, many Oh, very good. Well, Troy W9KVR says he's a little late to the, the show here. He's going to listen to uh, the rest of it uh, later. So he's he's got the second half and uh, before the first half. But uh, thanks, Troy, for listening. And uh, also over on Twitter, uh, KE8FZT says, uh, 
great show tonight, and uh, thanks for the show, and thanks to Eris. So, guys, thank you for um, being here tonight and, and all that you've done. And, and Frank, there's there's one obvious thing that, that I think we haven't mentioned, and that is if people don't know how to listen to the space station, how do they find out the information about the space station uh, operations and where to listen? Yeah, I think the, the there's a couple of places they can do that, but uh, you know, one is eris.org. Um, we do have um, on there, we have bulletins for each one of the school contacts. So, you know, if you want to listen to a school contact, you can do that. And we always post the questions ahead of time so you can actually know the question and then hear the astronauts answer to that. We also have on there, you know, um, uh, how to use the equipment, what frequencies and, and you know, uplinks and downlinks for those that uh, want to use the crossband voice repeater. It's two meters, two meters up, 70 centimeters down uh, with a tone. And so... Um, uh, that's all on the ARIS website. Also, AMSAT has that on their website, too, as to, you know, when things are operational. So I think, uh, you know, those are good resources. And um, uh, ISS Fan Club is another area. Uh, so those are, like, several of the resources you can go to to, to to get information to understand the operations. All right. Well, so ARIS.org and AMSAT.org, check them out. And... Uh, give a listen and um, and maybe you know after you listen a while give it a shot and and see how it goes well thank you guys so much for being here i really appreciate it i know this is a, a very um, hot topic at, the, at this point because uh, the power switch has been turned on so thank you so much very welcome thank you neil for this opportunity no problem. Well, that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guests, Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, Lou McFadden, W5DID, and Carrie Banky, N6IZW, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and typing in tonight. And invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time to find a list of our guests and past episodes go to hamtalklive.com and click on the show schedule link and if you like the show please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen so for now this is Neil Rapp WB9VPG saying 7375 and may the good DX be yours Don't, 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 don't,